Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday. Happy Advent! It's the first week of Advent. We're gonna sort of talk about that a little bit. Uh, can't wait to get in God's Word with you because that's what we do here at Teachable Tuesday. We discover God's heart in His Word and apply it to our lives. So let's do this thing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill up the room, fill up our hearts, fill our minds and our souls and our bodies and our lives with your presence, with your light, with your love. And would you grant us the grace to receive you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, friends, you may be familiar that in Scripture, God often uses signs, symbols, images, metaphors to express His heart, to show us who He is, to explain to us about our life as Christians. And there are many of them that are so life-giving and beautiful and mysterious, but I have to tell you, maybe my favorite of all of the images of all of the metaphors in scripture, I love to pray with the image of building, of being rebuilt, of construction. And actually, there are a lot of construction verses, scriptures, metaphors about building, and I'll tell you why I love it. My name is Beth. Well, my full name is Elizabeth, but I go by Beth. And the Hebrew meaning of the name Beth is house. Isn't that cool? So Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, means house of bread. Isn't that beautiful? Bethsaida, where uh, John, uh, Peter and Andrew were called, the city where they were called at, uh, is called house of fishing. That's what Bethsaida means. So for me, I have a, a real love of all things houses. And it's one of my favorite ways to pray. And I wasn't even aware of it until the Lord uh, gave me an image of a house in real ruins. I had just come through um, a really heartbreaking relationship. And I remember being in prayer that day and just journaling. I always had sort of an imaginative bend in scripture, but I was just writing out how I felt. And I told the Lord that I felt like this relationship, that this person uh, took a wrecking ball to my life. And immediately I had the image of a wrecking ball swing through and bust open a house. And for me, that opened up and unfolded a beautiful journey of restoring that house, seeing that house come back uh, to even more glory than before it was hit. It was a beautiful, um, not a project, but a time, an intimate time of letting the Lord do the work in my life letting him call the shots and, and make the plan and take his time and use his tools. And, and I just received his care as he rebuilt that house, as he rebuilt my heart. And maybe that's an image, an analogy that really speaks to you too. We've seen it. Surely we have images in our mind. We're familiar with the process of construction, whether it's a new build, maybe your own house or an apartment complex that's being erected down the street 
Maybe you've done some renovation in your own home and you're like, yeah, I'm very familiar with the process of renovation and it's a killer, right? It seems very hopeful, it seems exciting, but when you really get in there, there are a lot of decisions to be made and uh, a lot of um, things to, sometimes problems to uncover, new issues, sometimes you have to change the plan. You get it, you understand construction. Maybe you've toured ancient ruins in Greece or in Italy. You, you've seen a castle in Ireland kind of crumbled and still standing in all its broken down glory. So I wanna borrow from some of those images that you already have in your memory and in your imagination and to allow the Lord to draw those up to help him to show us his will for our lives to help him reveal his goodness, his mercy, and really above all, his healing and restoration. And I wanna root this image, this conversation in the word as usual. And we're gonna to go to maybe my favorite book in the Old Testament. Well, it changes all the time, but I spend a lot of time uh, in the book of the prophet Isaiah. And I wanna share with you one verse today uh, from chapter 58, verse 12. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. So when you hear that, I pray that, that there's a hope that's ignited in you. There's a promise here in God's word today that his desire is to restore to repair, to raise up. That's what he's doing in each of our souls and in this world, no matter how much it looks to the naked human eye like ruins, no, God is promising that we shall be rebuilt, that he does the rebuilding, that he's a restorer and a repairer. And in this same verse that he invites us into that same mission, into that same glory with him, when we've been rebuilt to raise up future generations. Isn't that beautiful? Just four little lines in one scripture and yet there's so much hope. And that hope today is for you. If you look at your life, your past, maybe it's a relationship, a situation at work, maybe you look upon your life, your body, and all you see are ruins. Well, today, let me speak hope. Let God's word breathe new hope into you that he's a restorer, he's a repairer, he's a rebuilder, and that's what he's doing for you, in you, and through you. So I see two major movements in this short little verse, right? Uh-oh, I'm gonna reference it again. <laughs> I need my Bible. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, you shall raise up the foundations. So first, your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. And then from there, the overflow of that being, um, that, the overflow of that being rebuilt is that we would join in that mission of Christ to raise up the foundations of many generations. And I wanna share with you, if, if your heart is, um, alighted by this, if your heart is sort of lit up and intrigued, if, if there's a, a, a flame of hope that has, has come up in your heart as we read this scripture, I want to help you to lean into that, to receive the healing, 
the restoration of Jesus today. And I'm gonna give you two ways to do that. I want you to identify those ruins, and then I want you to imagine those ruins. Identify them really just is to, to, to say what it is, right? To call it like it is, to be honest. If you've been around Teachable Tuesday for any length of time, if you've walked with me through the well, you've probably heard me say that honesty leads to intimacy, right? There, there are only a couple of things that we can control in prayer. One is honesty, the other is consistency, but that's, a, that's another talk for another day. I wanna, I wanna zero in here on honesty, how important it is to just tell the Lord what's going on for better or for worse. You don't have to pretty it up. You don't have to shine it up with the Lord. You can, you can stand back and uh, survey the ruins of your situation, your life, your feelings. You can stand there and even imagine them and to just name them. Jesus, this is what's going on. My heart is broken. Jesus, here are the ruins of that project that I poured everything into and that contract is gone. It didn't work out. Jesus, I, I was pouring into these students and, and now I, I can't see them. It, the school year doesn't look the way I imagined that it would. All I see are ruins. I want you to name it honestly. And that's going to require some vulnerability. It's going to require not, again, shining it up, not trying to make it sound better than it is, to unveil your heart before the Lord, to show him uh, where it hurts, to show him uh, where it's been broken down, where you have been broken down, and then to imagine what he wants to do with those ruins. So when I say imagine, some people might be a little discouraged by the invitation into imaginative prayer. You might think, I don't really know how to do that. I've never really done that. I'm not really an imaginative person. Well, I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to push you a little bit there because you don't have to come up with this stuff in your own mind, in your own strength. In fact, we want to, that's not what we want to do here at all. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to inspire our imagination. We're not creating this uh, in our own creativity, right? Instead, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to inspire our imagination. And so a place to start, if you want to pray with this scripture, with this image of ruins, uh, to enter into this process of construction and to receive the hope of Jesus rebuilding and restoring your life, your heart, your relationship. I want you to start with something that you've already seen. Maybe it's that house that's under construction at the end of the block. Maybe it's uh, that Chick-fil-A that's under renovation. We've got two of them nearby, so I'm seeing construction all the time. Maybe it's your own project that you've been through in your home or uh, in a place that you've lived in the past, but to imagine construction, to imagine those ruins that you saw on a vacation. Whatever image fits, whatever feels right when you sit in prayer with the Lord, allow him to call up that memory. Maybe it's just even a picture that you've seen on the news or online, but allow him to use everything in your life to communicate his heart to you. So go with a, a memory, a picture, an image that you've seen, or maybe it's a completely new inspired um, imaginative picture. Don't shut it down, right? Instead, invite the Holy Spirit to flesh it out for you and to ask him to show you around that construction site, to show you around those ruins. Sometimes pictures, images, 
help us to understand our own hearts better than words ever could. You know, God's language is silence. So even just walking around those ruins with the Lord in silence, not having to have an answer, not having to explain everything, not asking him to explain everything or give you an answer for the ruins or the plan, right? The project, but instead just walking with the Lord in silence, inviting him in to those ruins to survey the grounds with you. And as the Lord restores and rebuilds, he invites us into that ministry of restoring and rebuilding. And we join him in that ministry of raising up future generations, raising um, up healed people in the midst of our own healing. Because friend, you can't give what you don't have. You're all familiar with that image of being on a plane and uh, being in distress. And what do they tell you? Always to put your oxygen mask on uh, first before you assist anyone else. And I don't know why, why we lose that wisdom in our everyday lives, but you have to pray. If you're in ministry, you have to pray. You can't get around it. Your ministry will not be fruitful. Your life will not be fruitful in the way that you desire it to be if you're not receiving from the Lord, if you're not letting him rebuild you and restore you. You as a mom, you're trying to restore and repair and build up, raise up future generations. But if you're not allowing the Lord to look upon the ruins in your own soul, you, you're not gonna be able to give what you don't have. It's gonna be less uh, potent it's going to be so much more exhausting to do that in your own strength for other people if you don't let the Lord do it in you and for you first. And only then from there will he do it through you. And he'll make your efforts super abundant, super abundantly fruitful. I want you to give what you have first experienced. There's a power in that. It's why I love to tell people that the Lord uh, healed and delivered me from pornography, from masturbation. He delivered me from lust, supernaturally. I had been in my own strength for years and years going to confession. I had been putting up these boundaries in my life. I had been trying to cooperate with the grace. And so to stand here today, well, to sit here today, and to tell you that healing is possible, that deliverance is real, that God still repairs, that God still restores, that God has raised me up. He's made me pure and holy and good, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. There's power now in that testimony because I invited the Lord into those ruins in my own heart, in my own life, and he restored me. He repaired me and now I join him in that ministry and mission of raising up future generations who are healed and delivered and free in Jesus' name. So if that's you, this is for you. I'm looking at you. I shared that testimony for you because there's hope for you to be healed and set free, delivered completely from whatever has changed you from whatever has broken you down, walk with Jesus amidst those ruins and watch him raise them to new glory. Watch him raise the dead in your own life, in those dark corners of your heart that you think that can never be restored. It's all been lost, I just have to move on. It's lie, I reject it. 
Look at Isaiah 58, 12. That's a promise for you. The word is for you. And this word of healing, of deliverance, of restoration, of reparation, it's for you. It's all for you. It's all for you because he is for you. You know, we're as a community walking through uh, the Advent devotional when hay became holy. And we had so many questions about the title. It's pretty unique, right? And our hope was that it would invite you in. What is this all about? Father Mark Mary, uh, a CFR out in New York, he shared with us uh, the origin story of this title, this, uh, this image, this story of St. Francis recreating uh, the first nativity scene. He wanted to so fully enter into the life of Jesus. He was so lit on fire with love for, for Jesus that he wanted to enter into every aspect of Jesus's life. And so there he put down hay, he brought in real animals, there was an empty manger, and he began to share the Christmas story, the coming of Jesus, the rescue of all of mankind through this little baby, the Son of God, born of Mary. And as he preached with this fire of love from his heart, the infant Jesus appeared there in the manger. And St. Francis preached and, and people were moved. And even as they began to disperse, animals came and ate the hay and were healed. People touched the hay where the little infant Jesus had appeared in the manger and were healed. The hay became holy because Jesus touched it. And that's the promise of Isaiah 58 for you, that if you let him touch the ruins of your life, he will heal them. If you let him walk amidst the ruins of your life, he will restore them and repair them. It's not up to you. It's not anything that we've done to deserve it or earn it. It's simply who he is. And where he walks in his wake are healing and restoration and reparation and love. So friends, this Advent, would you expose those ruins to the infant Jesus? Can you think of a more humble way for the Lord to come and, and to bring that healing that we so desperately long for? He comes as this defenseless little babe and he pours out healing, even making holy this simple hay. How much more will he make holy you? your life, your past, all of your dreams. So if today you have a broken heart, a broken family, broken dreams, walk amidst the ruins with Jesus and they won't be ruins for long. He will raise them up and he will raise you up. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, would you um, blow over the ruins of our life? Whatever has been uh, neglected or, or broken. Maybe it was a storm. Maybe uh, it was termites, something that came and attacked the house, Lord. But we bring... Uh, our ruins before you and we ask you walk with us hand in hand through these ruins Lord and raise us up it's who you are it's what you do Jesus we trust in you in your holy and precious name we pray amen in the name of the Father 
of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. I'm praying for you. See you next time. <laughs> Bye.